The text I'll be reading from tonight is in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It'll be up on the screen. It's from the Message Bible, okay? So if you have uh, an NIV or a King James, it probably is not going to it's going to, not going to say the same thing. The Message Bible is a Bible that is basically written, written in today's English. And so let me read that for you. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. It says this. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. I'm speaking to you out of deep gratitude for all that God has given me and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. And also in verses 9 through 21, it says this, Romans 12, 9 through 21, Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive uh, in hospitality. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got into it, if you've got it in you, Get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not the job for you. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing what is good. There's a trend going around right now in America, and I really like it. It's a trend of simplicity. It seems that when the economy gets really bad, that what happens is, is that people begin to realize that they really do not need the things that they once thought they needed. They don't need maybe the expensive homes or the expensive cars. And what's happened is, is that there's been a trend of simplicity. We see it on commercials. There's a commercial right now for an insurance company, and what it says is, is that it's different people saying how they've simplified, how they've scaled back. And what's happened is, is that through that, people have begun to look at each other again. They've stopped calling all the time on the phone, but they begin to connect with one another. They begin to do things that, that they used to not do. 
They begin to appreciate their family. They begin to sit down for dinners. They begin to realize that they didn't need to go out to eat as much. Maybe they can help someone else. And really what I call that is I call that the simple life. It's the simple life. In our church, we have a motto. And that motto comes from, honestly, I'm going to pinch myself. I promised the parents I would do that. Every time I say honestly, I'm going to pinch myself. That motto comes from a book called The Simple Church. And there's a book called The Simple Life. I haven't read it, but I'm pretty sure the one I'm going to share to you tonight has some of those things in it. Our church, our motto is connect, grow, and serve. And what we do is, is we want you to come in those doors in the back, and we want you to connect. We want you to connect with God through worship. And, and then what we want you to do is, is we want you to go and we want you to grow in small groups. And then hopefully out of those small groups, we want you to serve other people. It's connect, grow, and serve. And so tonight, I want to take it one step further because I really believe that we can not only take that motto for our church, I think we can take that motto and apply it to our own lives every single day. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about connecting and growing and serving. I believe if you looked at Romans 12, 1 through 3 and 9 through 21, I believe if you really dissected that, I believe you'll see that that is really what he's saying to do. He's saying, know who God is. Listen to your, to, to your friends. Talk to other people. Connect with others. Serve others. Love God. Do those things. So let's talk about those things tonight. The first one is connect with God. Connect with God. God desires us to connect with him. He longs for a relationship with us. I don't completely understand that. We talked about that this morning in small group, how magnificent and awe-inspiring. If you go to Revelation chapter 4, you see a description of what God looks like on the throne. And I'm telling you, I don't understand why a God that great would want a relationship with me. I don't understand why a God that holy and that pure would want a relationship with me. But for some reason, God desires to connect with us. He not only wants to connect with us within the church, he wants to connect with us on a daily basis. Zephaniah, we talked about this scripture this morning as well. Zephaniah 3.17 basically says that God comes and he sings over us. I don't know about you moms, but I, I had a youth pastor friend who said he loved listening to his wife sing his little boy to sleep. He loved that. That's the love that God has for us. And God himself wants to connect with us. He wants to connect with us in good times, and he wants to connect with us in bad times. He really wants to connect with us, and he wants us to turn to him. How do we do that, though? How do we connect with him? The first thing we connect with him by is through worship. Through here, when we worship here, we can worship God. Another way is through prayer. Now, we can pray here, and we've done that already tonight, but we also can pray ho at home, in our cars, 
I'm not really sure what that is. In our cars that may have hail damage afterwards, but in, in our cars. And, and uh, you know, at work, I was talking uh, to a friend, and they said, you know, you can pray to God. I can be praying to God as I'm talking to you right now, and you have no concept, but God knows. God knows. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. God wants us to pray to him. Some people do it through music. They connect with God through music, through various types of worship music or, or instrumental music. Some people connect with God through other people, though. Some people, some people learn and listen from other people, and that's how they connect with God. I don't really think it matters to God how you do it. I just think he wants you to do it. He wants you to connect with him. The next thing is, is that we need to really connect with others. We need to connect with others. We were created for relationships. We were not created to be alone. We were not created to do it alone. We were not created to go at it alone. We were created for relationships. We need one another. And we connect. We connect with people. We connect with other people most of the time through conversations that we have and through experiences that we go through. A lot of you have connected with one another. Some of the students have gone to camp with one another. Some of the students have, have gone through death with one another. Some of you guys have connected with people through various things. We connect with people in various ways. Who are those people? Well, first, they're friends. They're friends. We connect with others, our friends. And then the second is our family, with our family. God wants us to connect with our family. Others are coworkers, church members, even people that you see on the street. We have a need for a connection, not only with God, but also with other people. And finally, we need to connect with ourselves. I don't really understand if you know what that means, and I'm not real sure I know what it means. And I know it may sound weird, but a lot of us go through life, and we go throughout a life, and we never fully understand what it is that we've been through, what it is that we are, are at, and where we're going. We never really connect deeper with ourselves on a deeper level. A lot of times what happens is, is that we get so caught up in the clutter of life, and the, and the kids need money, or there's homework to do for, for you students, or there's, there's classes to take, or there's things you have to do, and all that clutter gets, mess, gets, gets us all messed up. And what happens is, is, that, is that we lose that connection with ourselves. With ourselves. We do. We need to connect with God, with others, and ourselves. There's other things, though. The second one in our, in our list at church is grow. Okay? It's grow. And I'll tell you, I believe that God expects us to grow in our spiritual lives. I heard a pastor one time say that the saddest thing he's ever seen was a 79-year-old baby Christian. He had went through his whole life coming to church day in and, you know, every Sunday, but he never really took the time to grow. I read a story this week about a lady named Mary. <coughs> Mary is a lady that was in a nursing home, and she decided that she wanted to get her, college, get her high school education. She had never gotten it. So she went through the process, and she received 
Last April, she received her high school diploma at the age of 100. 100. God wants us to grow and to continue to grow, even, even like Mary, all the way up to 100. I do believe there's two words, though, that keeps me from growing, and I'm sure they keep you from growing, too. And those words are, I can't. I can't. I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I can't this, or I can't that. I can't. There's a scripture in Joshua. I don't have it up there, but this is what it says. It's Joshua 14. It says, so here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. Caleb was 85 years old. 85. And basically, in his terms, he says, look, I'm going to bring it. Okay? You let me know what I need to do. And God help, I'm going to do whatever I have to. He was 85 years old, and he was ready to storm the gates and bring anybody that wanted to go with him with him. A lot of us have the mentality that says, I can't. One of the examples that I thought of that was such an inspiration for me is that we have people here tonight that are adults, and they are getting their college degree a little bit later than you know, 18 to 22. And that really impresses me. They're great examples both for their kids, for our church, that they refused. You know, it's something that they felt like God laid on their heart. They wanted to do it as a personal goal, and they wanted to grow. And so they took the time, and they got past the I can'ts, and they decided to start taking the plunge. And some of them talked to me, and they're like, oh, I've got a class, and I've got to do this, and it's almost over, and I can't wait. But they took this, the next step because they felt like that's what God wanted them to do. That is their way that God wanted them to grow. The passage says this that we read earlier. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourself fueled and aflame. In my perspective, what that means is, is don't burn out. Continually rejuvenate yourself. Continually pour into yourself. What are some ways you can do that? Well, Maybe attending classes, maybe even here at the church. We offer some great classes here, some disciple classes on Wednesday nights. There's various classes around. I know Beth Moore here is a very popular thing. I'll promise you, if you go to those classes, those things pour into you, and it continually keeps you, keeps you going. Small groups or discipleship training. Maybe reading the Bible on your own or other books or other books. If you're around Jimmy for long, you will be a reader. Uh, if you want to have conversations with him that are any depth because he challenges people on his staff and everyone around him to really be a reader and to read. And since I've come down here, I have started the process of reading a lot more books simply because of, of the, the, what I do and, 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 and the challenge of people around me that are doing the same thing. Talking with other people, having conversations about what God's doing in their life and your life, those things can help to grow us. It's the reason God put them in our lives is to help to grow us. And finally, getting an accountability partner. You can grow by leaps and bounds 
by getting an accountability partner. What does an accountability partner do? What, he, what they do is, either he or her, what they do is, is they hold you accountable. The most important thing to me is, though, is they love you enough to tell you the truth bluntly. If you get someone that just wants to get, feed you cookies and milk, it, it's going gonna, gonna to taste good, but it's not necessarily going to help you grow. People that love you enough to tell you the truth are the people that want to iron wants to sharpen iron. They're people that want to love you enough to see you go to the next level. And those are the kind of people you need to be around. Those are the kind of people that you need to, need to have in your life who love you enough. If you don't have anyone in your life like that right now, you need to seriously look for that. Because, listen, God wants us to connect, but he also wants us to grow. And I really believe that he uses other people oftentimes to do that especially someone that you can develop a really close relationship with. That, I believe, is what God wants to do. The next thing, though, is, is serve. Is serve. Now, if we connect, and we're connecting with God and others and ourself, and then we're, we're growing, we're doing some of these things to take the time to grow, the final process should be a natural thing that happens in our lives. And that is, is to serve. It's serving other people around you. This is what the scripture says that we read earlier. It says, our scriptures tell us, if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. So he tells you there, that even if it's an enemy, you can get the best of evil by doing what is right and by doing what is good. And oftentimes, that consists of serving one another and wanting nothing in return. What are some ways we can serve? Well, the first thing is maybe you can volunteer for a ministry here at the church if you're not already doing it. If you're not currently plugged into one ministry, um, we don't encourage you to, to do three, four, five, six things because then you will burn out and you won't have time to keep yourself aflame by doing other things. But we do encourage you to do one or two things here and get plugged in to what we're doing here at the church. There's all kinds of opportunities. Students, you know, maybe you can surprise your parents by doing the dishes. Surprise them by doing, all the parents are going, Ugh. surprise them by doing the dishes, by them walking into your room and realizing they actually made up their bed and vacuumed or by surprising them with maybe having the house clean, those things are service. We just did a great thing of service as a church. We did, we did those buckets of hope. And it was so great to see those buckets start to stack up and stack up and stack up and see people continue to bring them and continue to bring them and continue to bring them. That was a great thing to see. You know, you can be a great listener for someone else. Serving doesn't necessarily mean that you're going out and chopping down a tree or that you're building a house or that you're or serving food. Being a great listener is one of the greatest things you can do to serve other people. And there's many people who just need someone, anyone, to listen to them. Maybe you can write a card to someone that you know struggling or write a card to someone that hadn't been here for a while or to someone maybe that you need to reconnect with. Or maybe you can fix a meal for someone. There's people all the time on our prayer list. There's things that we can do to serve. Finally, maybe you can surprise someone with a gift. I've heard this said before. We are never, never more like Christ 
than when we are serving other people. We are never more like Christ than when we're serving other people. I really believe that God wants us and wants you to jump on board with our church and with the process of connecting and growing and serving. I really believe that. I believe that the vision that, that the pastor has and the, that Jimmy has and that we have as a staff, I believe it's the right way to go. And I believe that people have started to catch fire with the connect, grow, and serve here. I want to challenge you tonight to take that and to apply those same principles to your own life. And I think you'll start to see that that simple life that a lot of people are experiencing now will come true for you because it'll simplify things. You can ask yourself, am I connecting? Am I connecting with God, with others, and myself? Am I, am I growing? Am I doing something? Am I just living day to day, or am I doing something to further my walk with God and to further maybe what, something that I want to do in my own life? And then finally, are we serving other people? I think those are some of the questions that we can ask ourselves.